welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey, detailers, you ready for SEMA? Woo, it's coming up close. Make sure you pre-register SEMAPintNight.com. Pint Night this year for SEMA will be at the Gordon Beers Brewery, returning there for some amazing, I love their beer. It's going to be hard to pull me away from there, I tell you. You want to pre-register, must, or else you will wait 30 minutes after everybody started drinking before you get to come in. Hopefully there's a pint glass left for you. Register, pre-register, SEMAPintNight.com. <sighs> nicely done nicely done they thought it was the re- they thought that, it was the yeah that they was did. pretty close we we did the best we could uh, no that's way too what much was that? that's a horrible pour it's gonna be that's nothing a but head a lot of head dude <laughs> i mean that one time that you don't want a lot of head oh really <laughs> Community, community. I think it's. I can't get over that time where, uh, what was her, um, Charlotte from SSR. Mm-hmm. I was like, I kept hearing you guys down there. All I hear was community, community. Yes, talking community. about uh, our uh, mobile tech. Yeah, mobile tech. We had a booth there with a bunch of beer and a bunch of beer, a bunch of beer, a bunch of beer. I have a bunch of beer at Mobile Tech Orlando. Dude, it's gonna be even. That's more gonna epic. be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So. DJ, we are going to be Excuse drinking me, this. I go by Mr. Patterson. <laughs> Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Mr. Patterson. Thank you. Yes. Yes, sir. Huh? What do you think of this? Uh, you know what? Since you made fun of me all podcast, uh, no, Marty, I'm going to let you go and pronounce this beer that we're drinking. All right. You ready? I am ready. Estrella El Rey. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to roll the L, but I can't. Estrella. Estrella. Australia Jalisco. <laughs> no, you faked it. I want you to really Aus- try and pronounce it. Australia Jalisco. Yeah, that's better than me. I don't. I don't know. That was <laughs> to make fun of you so much during the podcast. I'm pretty embarrassed of how I tried to pronounce that. Hey, you did pretty good. I hope so. Hey, um, you know, I I hate to put you on the spot again, but can you now tell us who Tony Gwynn is? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know, you know, it's really saddening that he passed away about five years ago from uh, from gum cancer. Mm. But he, in his t- in his time, well, it's not funny, Marty. It's not a laughing matter. In his time, though, dude, he was one of the best right fielders on the Padres ever to live. <laughs> Community. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny, but <laughs> you didn't like the Padres, man? When they went to you the World Series you, against you, the Yankees? <laughs> I think Ian actually got tickets to that. It was like it's I think that was his first thing he bought online when the when the uh when the World Wide Web came out. Uh, that's 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 a really good memory, Mr. Patterson. Nicely done. <laughs> Hey, you guys enjoy this Australia Jalisco. 
<laughs> and the San Diego Pale Ale 399. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, hey, you guys good. enjoyed this episode. We have a really good time. Ian from <laughs> Auto Fibers on. A lot of really intensive discussion on what is autofiber. I mean, what is a microfiber? How did autofiber get started? Really cool story, how he got started, and a lot of great information. Yeah. At the end, we talk about then, cool, we've all then started companies. We've now been around at least long enough to still be alive. <laughs> a lot of battle wounds, a lot of scars, you know, but, hey, we're still here. So if we've all still been here, how do we then continue? That's what we're trying to go through lately is how do we help those one- to three-year guys? Um, so there's a really great segment at the end where we talk about, you know, how, you know, what are some suggestions if you could give a couple things to encourage guys that are in one to three years? And that's the that's the end of it. Um, I think the uh, I think the tap out question is pretty good too. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> my cheeks hurt afterwards. <laughs> All right, you guys. Hey, grab a pint and enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is where we get to have a lot of fun and drink beer. Yeah, this is the first episode we've ever recorded? It is. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm trying to switch it up since you get mad at me for always saying the same thing. I would have done it a little bit different than that, though. You would have? This is a podcast where we get to have, it's like, oh, welcome to this brand new podcast we're trying well, to figure no, out. Well, just welcome. I can't say Mr. Patterson anymore because you always give me a hard time. I've never said you can't say Mr. Patterson I anymore. I just said that, go figure, you said Mr. Patterson again. Okay, let's say Mr. Patterson. All right. And let's have some of this wonderful beer. What's the... Uh, What's this little thing on top? Well, it's a foil, and I was quickly trying to look up. It, <laughs> nobody says, oh, here we go. I did find something. So it says it provides an additional layer of protection for the can during the import process. Do you like protection? Oh, not for my can. That's why okay, so that's the Estrella Jalisco. <laughs> All right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so uh, Mr. Patterson. Mr. Hill. We have a, a wonderful Mexican cerveza sent to us by our wonderful guest today. Sweet. Yeah. Mr. Ian from Auto Fiber. Welcome to the Pines and Polishing Podcast. Thank you for your time. Thanks for sending the beer. Yeah, no problem. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like you've, you've already had that beer. That's, that's probably my fav, favorite, like, daytime. I know you're not supposed to drink during the day, but... What? You know, Says who? That's funny. Says who? <laughs> If I'm cracking a beer before noon, that's the one I'm cracking. Hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, uh, we we haven't had it in a while. We had it a long time ago when we had Wavy on. We had this beer? Yeah. No, we didn't. No? Yeah, we have. We had this beer. That was his favorite beer. With this can? Yes. No, we didn't. Yes. No, we didn't. Yes, we yeah, have. I like that can because I, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I have a can of beer, I pretty much detail the well yeah that's i really do like that foil cover that's on top of it and that was going to be my <laughs> thing was it was like hey it keeps a lot of the crap off of where i'm going to stick my mouth dj i know likes a little bit of that you know but i personally don't i, I don't really like sticking my face in that and you know so i'd like that it had a little cover on it okay yeah, exactly. yeah. i'm speechless thank you for having to wipe the the rim with the uh, with your sh end of your shirt. I see where this podcast is going already. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who likes ripen? Well, DJ does. 
he, you know, his big thing is that the can just has to turn blue. No, let's not talk about my big thing, okay? You know, let's not talk he, about he my likes, big thing. He likes, he likes his can to have blue mountains on it. Yeah, you need an interactive can. I mean, <laughs> you do? They tried with the cover on top, but it's they not do. as interactive as uh, Coors Light. It's not. It's yeah, not. Because this little, the guy just stays the same color. All right, Ian, tell us, uh, give us a, a really good, uh, you know, who is Ian? Um, I... I first met you uh, at Mobile Tech, um, but my first time to actually informally meet you was with a mutual friend, Jimbo, and I was in San Diego visiting my daughters when they lived out there, and went and hung out with Jimbo, went ate, went by his house, and uh, he <laughs> he lives a definite California lifestyle, like super chill. Everything's just slow motion, like just yeah, man. Yeah, we're gonna go do this, and yeah, you know, we're gonna go do you know, and uh, walk up to his house, and you know, kids are out playing, having a good time, and he goes, yeah, hey, let me give you one of these towels. It's this big old, uh, and it was that big giant uh, twisted weave towel that is oh, an incredible, dreadnought. yeah, dreadnought. That's an incredible drying towel, and I I just messaged him back after I got it, and I was like, bro, what the fuck is this, like. It's a really cool towel, man. Really, really cool towel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people love that towel. Yeah, Jimbo's awesome. I would say, you know, I probably have a similar lifestyle as that. I try to take it slow, um, but I try to get a lot done, too. So, I, I went up and visited Jimbo a couple weeks ago. We recorded a separate podcast. Um, but, you know, Ian, I am the owner of Autofiber. Um, we're a microfiber uh, manufacturer, distributor. Um, we come up with a lot of new microfiber-type product designs and everything. Um, so, you know, I started, it's 2019 now, and I started selling microfiber in 2001. All right, but where were, where are you from? Let's go back to, like, I'm okay, a kid yeah, born in... Yeah, yeah. Want to go back to, like, yeah. when he was a sperm? I'm from San Diego. <laughs> from San Diego, no? California, right down the... Road, kind of from Jimbo, like an hour and a half. Prentice South. St. Clair, right? Prentice is from San Diego? Yeah, he's in San yeah, Diego. Yeah, Prentice is San, yeah, so Prentice actually lives in my same neighborhood um, hmm. in Point Loma, Ocean Beach. Um, we And we actually met at... Um, the park? At the, the, neighborhood, park. The, neighborhood, the neighborhood park? We, we, met all the way, we met all the way in Florida, but we live like, you know, five minutes from each other. Yeah, Prentice is good. I know... I, yeah, I've known about Prentice for quite some time, so, um, uh, you know, and he, we actually have a band now together, so. You're in the band? Yeah, Prentice told me that he, he's in a band, because he was singing one day, and I was like, whoa, Prentice, that's really good. He's like, well, I'm in a band. <laughs> yeah, he, well, yeah, he, so he's a <laughs> It's like he actually is there. in a band. It's like, that's fucking yeah. awesome. Huh. Yeah, he's in a couple, a few different bands, um, but we usually practice Thursday night. Yeah, I play the bass, so, you know. Okay, that's yeah, something I've wanted to learn. How hard is the bass? I used to play the acoustic, and not very well. You played the But I at least played. Is that when you had hair? Yeah. This is when I had hair. Okay, okay, yes. okay. It makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I play the guitar, too. I've been doing, playing guitar and bass since I was probably, you know, 15 or something. So... Some people would say that the bass might be easier, but not really. Oh, damn. I don't think so. I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> There's less strings. There's only four strings, right? Right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so raised in San Diego, what are we talking? Seventies, eighties, sixties? Yes, I just 90s? turned forty. <laughs> okay. I was born. In, I, was, I was born in nineteen seventy-nine. Yeah. Um, My kind of guy. So yeah. So you like yeah, him, huh? So born yeah. and raised in San Diego, California. Because he's older or what? Surfing, playing music. Okay, no, now you're my guy. Now you're my guy. You really like him now. Yeah, I really like him. <laughs> so my number one bucket list, my number one bucket list is to learn how to surf. Nice. Well, surfing is hard. There might not be any, it's just very difficult. It's difficult to learn. Paul. Uh, there's a big, What's there's up, a Paul? big learning curve. Not much. Uh, but it can be super fun, you know. Like shortboard, longboard? Me, I mean, yeah, I can surf. I ride anything. Um, you ride anything, do you? Is that your guy? Is it like a Hold on, this is really your guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is really your guy, Marty. This keeps getting better and better. He'll ride anything. Uh, yeah, man, is it like a man, scooter? I'll... Like you'll ride a scooter? They're fun until somebody sees you on one? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll even ride a boogie board. I'll ride, take out my son's boogie board and do a couple of L Rolos here and there. Sweet. But yeah, man, surfing is awesome. Did you just grow up like always going out to the beach and just naturally, you yeah. know, as we we here in the Midwest naturally except naturally DJ, don't surf. <laughs> we grow up like kicking a ball or throwing a ball yeah. or shooting a ball or yeah. what did I do? You know, I don't know. You're like sports anti sports. Like, as a kid, I love sports. Oh, though. you did. I okay. played everything. Oh, you did. Guess my favorite sport as a kid. Uh. <laughs> Juggling. Juggling what? <laughs> Your balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the best in my class at that sport, but no, it was soccer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? Your favorite sport as a kid was soccer. Yep. And okay. then baseball was second. Baseball? Yep. Really? Wouldn't have guessed it. Okay. No, uh, I won't guess it. We'll have a trivia question later, and no, I'll prove No, you that. wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I grew up playing all those sports, too. But, yeah, growing up super close to the beach, you know, five minutes from the beach, Always, um, but I have to say my favorite sport is probably ping pong. Uh, ping pong, huh? Is that your guy even more <laughs> now, dude? Guy. Dude, <laughs> we're gonna, gonna have to have some more beers together. I'm gonna step out. You guys can take the podcast from here, because uh, yeah. Did you know, like in high school, ping pong was uh, all, like when you went to hung out with your buddies, you played ping pong. I played ping pong all yeah. the time. I did too, and yeah, that was back absolutely you know, a long yeah. time before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I didn't play much. No, ping pong. DJ didn't play any ping pong. He juggled it. I did juggle. I did juggle. It's a solo a sport, though. Sport, right? If you're really playing ping pong, like it is a legit workout. Oh yeah. Right. I, I mean, uh, it's like the forearm. Your forearm. That's yeah, what yeah. I was about to say. It's, okay. it's a really good workout on your forearm. You can go backwards. <laughs> no, you can go forehand. Like if you're really playing and you got enough room to move back, like I can have you moving. Oh yeah, more than, a, more than basketball. Sit on that. <laughs> right. Have you have you had any uh, scary moments out surfing in the water? Uh, yeah. I mean, not that scary. Okay, I'm, so I'm a pretty good. So pretty going good going out in the ocean's perfectly okay. Is no, that what you're trying to say? No, like, dude, not really, he, it's okay. That's not what he said at all. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. You He's asked never him a had question. a scary moment. Have, Have you, you ever asked... seen a shark out while you're surfing? Have I? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was a kid, 
Exactly. My point exactly. He visually. DJ will not go out below his belly button. He will not put his head under the water. So we don't have sharks in Oklahoma, so that's a scary moment for us, right? There's these sharks called leopard sharks that are just bottom feeders. They just eat like the little sand crabs and stuff. And we used to go and grab them by the tail. They're super strong. Grab them by the tail, huh? Hmm. Uh, so you've fallen and almost gotten swallowed and eaten, you know, like that's why DJ should never go out in the water. Exactly. Yeah. No, the water, the water's okay. The ocean's one of the best things about life, man. I, I love the ocean. Agree. That's a good, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. It is very powerful for sure. All right, so college, no college? Yeah, so, yep. Yeah, I went to college. I went to UCSD here at UC. University of California, San Diego. I studied a thing called cognitive science, hmm. which is like it's a, it's an interdisciplinary degree: um, psychology, neuroscience, and computer science. So we studied like computer interface design, and we studied uh, like how humans and computers interact with each other. Um, so that's kind of what I thought. It's kind of part of how the business started. Um, so when I when I got out of college, I didn't want to keep going in school because I didn't understand how the world worked. I didn't understand how people made money. I didn't understand how businesses worked. So I wanted to start a business, um, and I thought my business. So I out of school, you just automatically wanted to start a business. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Absolutely. Did your parents own a business? What did they do? Yeah, my parents okay. had, growing up, they had a print shop. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so I would I worked in their print shop, you know, since I was probably like 9 or 10. You know, started folding and collating, um, and then worked my way up to, you know, running printing presses and stuff. So naturally, you just knew, you, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Not yeah, many so people get out of college and go, I want to start, start a business. A business. Like, they want to get hired. They've been they programmed, get... yeah. They but they've gone through the system. They want to get hired and get paid some stupid higher wage because they've got a degree and they don't deserve that pay yet. All right, so I got. Yeah, so in... I was never gonna. I was never gonna do that. I'm like too contrarian. I'm like always arguing and fighting and challenging people. Like I'm not the kind of person that could have a boss. I just wouldn't get along. Um, so the, like I was the kid in school who was just challenging the teacher all the time and we, we all we're so all on the, the same page the for sure were you married <laughs> <laughs> and if so how are you still married is that what you're gonna ask about the part two question how long, how long did your first three marriages last uh, so that is not i never argue with my wife so that's not the kind of arguing that i do like emotional arguing like i like to argue ideas and ideas and, yeah information right um so but yeah so i was i wasn't gonna keep doing good in school i didn't understand how businesses work my dad had programmed me you know about being an entrepreneur um but i still didn't understand how business worked at all so i wanted to start a business i thought i was gonna be like a web designer or whatever because this was 2001 so i thought i was gonna like design computer interfaces and so at the time um my dad actually had a business selling microfiber um so 
they had they were one of the first companies in America selling microfiber. They had started in like '97. So what happened was, you know, I wanted to build websites to show that I could do it to try to get clients. And so I built a couple of websites, um, e-commerce sites selling microfiber. Um, uh, the first one was Microfiber Tech. So a lot of people have probably heard of, about that website out there. And so I started buying towels from my dad's company and started selling them on eBay, Microfiber Tech. You know, was trying to sell them like on the Autopia forums and a bunch of the different detailing. And what year was this? This was in 2001. So I graduated 2001 and then like at, towards the end of 2001, like right after 9-11, I started trying to, you know, create this web business. And it just happened that microfiber, you know, I had a great source for it because my dad had a wholesale business selling it. Um, but what ha- ended up happening was it just, it was pretty awesome to, you know, be 21 and well, have yeah. a business. And that and, like, early see, into it, not many people were it, selling stuff online in 2001. So big, yeah, exactly. big reason why your company's grown. You got yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I started with $300 of product in my parents' garage, right? And it wasn't even the plan wasn't to sell microfiber or to be in a detailing business. But it was cool to be like, I'd be out at the bars and I'd be getting emails of orders I was getting selling towels. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, yeah, that is right? awesome. Yeah, so um, it was awesome. It was always a joke between me and my friend because people would like, you'd be at the bar and somebody asked you what you do. Oh, I sell towels. And people were like, what the? Like, it didn't make sense to people. Uh, but it was cool because, you know, I learned slowly how to kind of grow and build a business. Um, and I'm still learning, right? Like, I screw up all the time. So um, so that's, that's kind of how I came into having this business. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of organically happened that way. Um, so out of college, you start... Flipping towels and never quit. Just kept yeah, running never quit, right? None of my friends thought I would keep doing it. Uh, like, people people I haven't talked to in 10 years are still like, you're still selling towels? And it's like, yeah. Paul, do you remember <laughs> the first thing you bought online? Me? Oh, uh, no, Paul. We oh. got, Paul comes in. He's our neighbor. He's, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but online. we're talking 2000. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a long time. I'm literally so trying to remember. let me tell you that I've got a great a story about the first thing I bought online. Uh, and the timing's well, actually perfect. Computer. Yeah. Like from, uh, there used to be a uh, uh, big magazine before the internet and everything. It's called CompUSA, or not CompUSA, Comps World. And so the thing was about that thick. And it had all of these, uh, you know, all of the uh, uh, different computer manufacturers and so I would order stuff off there, you know, graphics cards, things like that. What year was that? Oh, great. <laughs> Good grief. Probably 96, 97. Oh, really? That? Yeah. So yeah. I remember 96, 97 just being on AOL and being in, like, chat rooms mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. But I, I never – I literally am trying to remember the first thing I would have ever bought online. And it might have been, like, something off eBay randomly, but that would have been way later. Oh, sure. Yeah. I- yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I actually. Yeah, what's so your yeah, story? Remember, my, this is a great story. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> 1997 was tickets to the World Series. Ooh. The, uh, 
played the Yankees, mm. um, I bought World. So what happened was. Do you know who that is? There, yep. You do? Yep. Oh, okay. So right. we 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 actually went to the stadium, and there was a line around the whole stadium with people waiting to get tickets. Um, and I, I went to. I was in college. It was my first year of college, and we they were giving out like numbers to to get your. Uh, to get the ticket was a raffle or whatever. And so they would pick a number and then you could buy tickets from there. Our number was horrible. So we were like, man, we've got, like, we can go home. We've got great internet at our college dorm, right? They had, like, cable internet, which nobody had. And so we went right <laughs> and bought tickets within, like, five minutes. Boom. Tickets. Like, and we had gone and waited in a giant line for, like, four hours or whatever. And we just came right back to the dorm and bought tickets and got tickets. The game four of the World Series. I, I was actually just remembering that story. So, do you uh, think the reason, a big reason why you went ahead and started selling online was because you saw that moment when you bought so quick online and you figured, hey, this is the way it's going? Or No, what? no. It, the reason I started selling online was because I had learned how to build websites in college and I had learned about computer interface design and had studied like. You know how to design websites or whatever, and I, I wanted to create a website to prove that I could do it. Right, and I was going to use build a couple websites as proof and try to get clients to build websites for them. Um, hmm. So that's what the, and then you know I just, it was like right when microfiber was starting. Right, like most detailers didn't know what microfiber was, but it was starting to get traction in the industry. Um, and then I found like those online forums that a lot of people were in. Um, I think, I don't even know, AutoGeek may have had one or there was another company called like Superior. They had, there was a bunch of different companies like Autopia that had forums. And so I started going on there and posting about microfiber towels and started getting customers from that and then selling them on eBay also. Um, you ready to follow so Marty? It, Hmm? Forms, yeah, easy forms. Well, no, I was thinking, I was just waiting for him to finish. Uh, I, what made me remember is we had a previous guest, which you might have heard of him. I'm not sure. His name's Mike Phillips. He, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Totally Absolutely. a joke. Totally a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? No, That's hilarious because no, no everyone knows him. I know, right? That's funny. Uh, and he, we learned from him, one of his early intros into his career that really blossomed him Writing. was writing well writing those forums mm -hmm. and being active yeah. in the auto geek forums was really how his name grew very well and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he, he was, was definitely in the online community mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and i i never he i remember writes. those forums. yeah and he still writes but i remember those forums, and i was like i hate reading so much dude i can't yeah that i just that was not for me to sit and read all this stuff that people were writing, I couldn't do it. I sat down a couple yeah. times and tried because everybody's like, you got to be on a detail forum. I was like, okay, I'm in. Oh, wait, no, this is reading. Like, mm -hmm. now I can't do it. Now I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know how to read, though, right? Barely. Okay. Was that so, you know how to read and write? Or yeah. <laughs> so, no, I was, tested, I was tested in high school at 111 words a minute. The average person reads 200 words a minute, <laughs> right? Average, and I'm, I'm half. I'm probably the I'm same. half of the average. I'm sure. So that I'm means there. anybody that's intelligent is way beyond 200, and they're at four, six hundred words a minute. 
That's not true. That's Marty. If you can just give him a second, let him tell us what's going on. All right. I think reading slow is better. Like I'm a, I'm a very slow reader He's too. Being nice to you, man. Like, he is. That's good. Yeah. No, because I agree. I'm a very slow reader, and I like I'm probably like dyslexic partially or whatever. Like I'm not like seriously dyslexic, but I read words backwards and things backwards. I have to read very slow. But I think when you read slower, you have better comprehension, right? So you have to focus and go back and read things again. So to me, that slow reading is kind of like a superpower. Good job, Marty. You're a super reader. Um, and you get not. to drink twice as many beers while you, you're reading. You combine right. super slow reading with hyperactive ADD. <laughs> I, I can get two paragraphs down, and I'm, my mind is gone because it's I'm reading like the dog ran to get a ball. Oh, squirrel! I gotta go stick out. Blah, 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 and I just start running off yeah, something but else. Gotta, like, but man, you can turn that. You can turn that into something better, right? Because I'm just, the same way. <laughs> but if you teach yourself to keep going at it. I like can't do it, man. Dude, come on. You got to try. <laughs> I've read, I'd, I've done 36 hours all the way through my master's and I've read four books through my whole thing. What? Yeah. yeah so you're, I, I you're, went, you're getting a master's? I went, no, I quit a long time ago. Um, okay. But I did 36 hours worth. Uh, yeah, no, I, I went through one of the most prestigious, hardest high schools here in, in Tulsa and only read one book. Everyone else was reading a book a week. No. I, I just learned. Oh uh, yeah, literally, we had to read a book a week, plus yeah, but everything what, what else. Was, what were those little books? The what were they called? The cliff notes. Yellow thing. Yes, cliff notes. No, no, that was still too much to read. So how'd you get through? Yeah. You skim. You just you grab a piece here, grab a piece here, try and figure out what they're talking about, and then you formulate an idea and you write a paper around that idea and you build in different parts of the book. That's the yeah. extra work. No. If you read 111 words a minute, there's no. You're talking, we would read 400, 500 page books a week. Like, no. You, there's no, I just, I couldn't do it. I had to figure out a different way and, and was able to do it. Nicely done, man. Thanks. Thanks. You're a super yeah, there, reader. there is a different way, right? So it helped. Like, to me, I did way better in school because I was such a slow reader, right? So I had to come up with strategies like that, too. Like, the way I would read a book is I would go through and I would read all the, uh, the titles of all the chapters, and then I would go through and read the first sentence of all the chapters, right? Yep. And then I would exactly, through, stuff like that. Read, mm. the, yep. read the first sentences of all the paragraphs, right? And then I would build like a, almost like a structure that I would understand everything through uh, without actually reading the book. Hmm. Just look at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, yours were nudie mags. Yeah, we knew what kind of books those are. Reference material. Only words in there is our Reference name. Reference material. All right, cool. Let's hop in. Uh, well, let's let's talk about this beer for a second. Let's do it. Yeah, so, well, you, I, I sent you two beers, right? So the Estrella. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, we got the Estrella. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one, I mean, that that's a great, like, I didn't know you guys had it out there, or else I probably would have, wouldn't have sent it. It was just like I went to go buy a beer to send you. I wanted to send you the uh, the ale. Yeah, the Australia. Three ninety four. Yeah, no, Australia. Yeah. Which is a, which is a great beer. It, it's a beer that Tony Gwynn worked with Ale Smith to like 
Hey, DJ, here's your trivia question. Fuck you, I was man. waiting for this moment. Uh. I've stalled it out long enough. Who is Tony Gwynn? I have no idea. Well, looks like you're drinking Australia. All right. You don't know who Tony Gwynn is? Only <laughs> <laughs> the, the best right field leadoff hitter for the San Diego Padres. Batted <laughs> over 300 like 20 years in a row. Who gives a crap? All I need to know is Jackie Dude, Robinson. He looked okay? like you just just go look him up. <laughs> Half of his swings looks like he's just throwing a bat out to hit him. Like literally looks like he's just tossing a bat out there. Yeah. Absolute best punch hitter around ever. That's a that's Mr. Amazing. Contact, I think is what they called him. He's still alive? Yeah. No, no. Oh. No, he died. Really? Yeah, he died of cancer, yeah, like five or six years ago. He got um he got like mouth or gum cancer from chew, too much dip, too much chew. Oh, yeah. But yeah, man, he, so yeah, one year he hit 394. I actually think, um, I think it was like the lockout year or whatever, because he, 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 he had a chance to hit 400. But anyway, so the beer's called 394. He helped, he designed it with them. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's pale, a shame it didn't make it all the way to the warehouse. So what'd we get? Oh, you guys already drank it? Oh, no, no. I just, you know, sometimes, sometimes beer just shouldn't make it. All the way to the warehouse because I'll never see it again. You left it at home, and so I just, you know, it just so happened that you I, drank it. I uh, you planned drank on it. enjoying that one myself. Ah, there you go. No there you problem. Go. <laughs> I think that's a smart play. Yeah, he's referring to my consumption of the beer fridge. Is uh, <laughs> if there's beer, then it's not getting you know drink. You know, I might as well be the one to do it, right? That's right. That's what I. That's how I feel about my taps. Exactly. So you know, I go help Paul with his, and I pop oh, yeah. over and help. I'll give you another Australia there. Okay. Yeah. That sounds there great, man. Go. Perfect. I'm gonna enjoy this nice little 394 right here. You deserve it, man. Stone cloud. <laughs> oh, no. oh, do <laughs> not start, Paul. <laughs> One of my favorite beers. Man. Yeah, I mean, the, the 394 is a pretty drinkable beer too, right? It's a pale ale. Hey, Ian, can I at least taste it? No, he can't taste it. Mm-mm. Oh, you have some here? Yes, I brought it. Of course I brought it. I was just giving DJ a hard time. He finally caught on <laughs> the other day, and this is the reason why. You were like, are you serious? I'm like, shit. There was one last beer from that a buddy gave us. From One who? last beer. You didn't even. He, there, okay, he says there was only six, and I go, okay, that's fine. I there think was, there was more. There was eight. Exactly, and I had one of the eight. Dude. You said they were gross. <laughs> I didn't say they were gross. Okay, but you didn't like them at all. I saved that beer for myself. For, to, for when? The, for when I was ready to <laughs> fucking drink it. And then the other day, Ian, you the other day, ever want to drink there's a until... guest over here, and literally he just walks out with the beer, and I'm like, really, you motherfucker? Like, really? My fucking beer. Like, I saved that beer. I saved it. That wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't you. So, so yeah, Ian, I mean, that's what beer, that's what beers are for, though. They're for saving for the right time when you want to drink it and not being no. crushed by Mr. Patterson. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's the, the right time to drink oh, wow. a beer is always now. Now, right <laughs> you know what, Ian? Yeah, <laughs> I am definitely uh, quoting that. I'm gonna clip that out and put it on Instagram. Like that's my quote. You're my guy, dude. That is absolutely what I've been trying to tell Marty this whole time. Like, I felt like having a beer. There's a beer. It's now's the time. Like it's now or never. Damn so. it, Ian. <laughs> that's why I drink all the beer in the fridge. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Perfect. 30 minutes into the know. podcast. All right. I'm putting that clip in my back pocket. Oh, no way. We got to cut that one out. Can we uh, Can we go to break We're and uh, do an edit? We're at minute 30. Actually, we might. Can we go edit that shit out? Whew. All right. We will get into this L. Smith 394 Pale Ale. And let's talk about what is microfiber, okay? So, like you had mentioned, you started in 01, started selling microfiber. It just kind of started coming out. So, 2002, I start detailing randomly, and I start using just the traditional white terry towels, right? Yeah. That's just yeah. what you did. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Right? and so, it wasn't until later that I finally got introduced to microfiber, but I didn't really know what it just, just a better towel, right? Use it better on some circumstances than others and whatever, just, right? You're going to do better. I think is what was sort of why we were told to use microfiber versus Terry. And then especially when you got into paint and removing wax and removing, you know, sealants, it was always yeah. better to use a microfiber towel than a Terry towel. But now there's no such thing as a Terry towel. It's only microfiber. Tell us, yeah. I mean, what is microfiber? Yeah, so it all kind of ties together. So, you know, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, people were, detailers were scared of microfiber, right? Because cheap terry towels had polyester in them, right? The nice terry towels were like Egyptian cotton or whatever, right? So it was hard, you know, microfiber is a blend of polyester and polyamide. Polyamide is nylon, so it's a blend of polyester and nylon. So it took a long time to get detailers and detailing companies to be okay with selling a product that was, you know, made out of polyester. Um, so the reason, you know, it's microfiber because the fibers are microscopic. Um, so I think the, the spec is, so there's this measurement called denier, right, which is basically the, like, the diameter of the, Fiber? Of a cross section of a fiber, right? So a denier, so microfiber is like 0.1 denier or smaller, um, and a one denier fiber is like the thickness of a piece of silk, um, and a hair is like 10 denier or something, right? Um, so, so the reason that microfiber doesn't scratch is because the yarn and the filaments are so much smaller. Right? So even though it's polyester or polyamide, which are not as soft as, as a material, it's just such a microscopically small fiber that it's not going to damage like soft paint. Now, there, it's definitely possible to make microfiber towels that are going to do that. Right, You can use cheaper yarn or use a thicker denier material or have a different blend. But yeah, basically microfiber is any fiber that is under... 0.1 denier, um, and then cleaning microfiber is typically a blend of polyester and polyamide, and then on top of that, you know, the cleaning microfiber is chemically split, so the fibers are, like, broken down, and then it, uh, with a chemical uh, in the dyeing process, and it creates all this extra surface area, um, it's almost like creates all these little pores, almost like, like Swiss cheese or something. Right, and so that's what creates the capillary action that like soaks up water or makes it like um, kind of uh, pick up dust and dirt and everything. Um, so those are kind of the basic 
elements of microfiber. Uh, because, like, for example, you uh, microfiber couches and you can get microfiber clothes. So the difference with those, those are really small denier filaments that are made with that, but the fibers aren't split, so they're not absorbent and don't really have good cleaning ability. Um, so that's kind of basically what microfiber is. Um, and so the reason I think it works better for detailing, number one, it's really absorbent, so like as a drying towel or picking up chemicals. Um, number two, it, you know, lots of times it doesn't scratch, and it just cleans better, picks stuff up. Uh, now it can be a double, ed- I've been training detailers like for 20 years, right, that it's a double-edged sword, that microfiber um, picks everything up, right, it picks stuff up, but it also picks up and holds on to stuff, right, so lots of times you can cause scratches, you know, by using a dirty part of a towel, uh, so a lot of getting detailing to adopt microfiber was about kind of changing methodology, and actually Mike Phillips came up and I'm pretty sure it was Mike Phillips. At least I think he had an article like on one of these forums you know, 15 years ago about just folding a towel, right? Like one of the fundamental things. Like you give any normal person a towel and they just take the towel and bunch it up into a ball mm-hmm. and it'll start wiping stuff, right? But the right way... Worst way to clean windows. Thing. You have somebody clean windows and they just grab a towel and start rubbing it. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you right? need to and fold how many it. videos yeah. like, do you see on Facebook people marketing some new detailing product? All right. Isn't that the best? <laughs> That's the like, best. They have no idea. Ian, thank like you so friend. much for saying that because now <laughs> I have a reason to make fun of these fucking videos that all we see about the water-based protectants where all these people are yeah. coming out with this spray and wipe. Mm. And now yeah. I get to look at them and go, cool, you don't even know how to use a microfiber towel. You're just a salesman. So as a, exactly. a right. so and Mike Phillips wrote an article. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was him. It may not have been his idea, right? I mean, it's kind of like a basic idea, but you fold a towel into fours. There's a reason the towels are 16 by 16, right? You fold it into fours. It's an 8 by 8 piece. You get eight different sides, and 8 by 8 pretty much fits in a standard hand right and you you're flipping to it and to a new side of the towel so the question paul just asked i think it'd be cool for dj to answer paul basically was saying as a layman as a regular you know as a who's to a guy that as a ball bunching amateur you're a ball bunching (laughs) window washer i mean why fold a towel right why i mean what's the advantage to folding a towel uh you get the most use out of it okay yeah Yeah, you get the most use and you can control you know the surface getting dirty, right? Because that's the problem with microfiber. It's picking up the dirt, and then if you're rubbing a dirty microfiber towel with dirt in it on paint, you're going to scratch, right? So you want to be switching to a clean towel section all the time. So So that is the advantage. (laughs) (laughs) So here's DJ, being that he is waterless, could not... Could not really operate his business without microfiber towels, Mm-mm. in a sense. So, explain yeah. DJ what it is. Why do you flip the towel so much in your process? Why you know? Why do you choose microfiber? Well, for one, microfiber is. I mean, that's just the towel to use, obviously, in the industry. But no, I mean, when we're using wireless, we're, we're using a crap ton of, of towels. So, when you're flipping your towel, you're utilizing each side to their to its maximum capacity. In a sense, so you're actually being able to use less towels versus just bunching it up and you open it up and now you got dirt on every little crack and crevice of the towel. So definitely it's more for efficiency. Same with interiors, same with anything. Uh, flipping the towel, folding the towel, and flipping the towel, obviously you're going to get the most use out of the towel. Do you wash the microfiber towel then? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's a good question, Paul. I'm glad you asked that. Um, Ian, what's your stand like? What's your stance on washing microfiber towels? Uh, and from a, I'm going to ask two questions on it. One, give us the science and or validity, non-validity on using special microfiber towel soap versus regular soap. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we created the first special microfiber soap. So that that was a product category that my company created and it came from a need. We had um, one of our bigger wholesale customers had a problem. And so the product we created is Micro Restore, which we've been selling for 15 years. Um, And so... What makes that product different than just a multi-purpose cleaner? Tide Pods. Or or Tide Pods or any type of cleaner. Exactly. So normal household laundry detergent is designed to clean like dead skin out of your clothes, right? Um, and it just isn't capable of removing, you know, brake dust and uh, polymers and wax and all the, cr- you know, road grime from, you, you know, your microfiber towels. Um, so, so hold on. Okay, one second, Ian, Ian, one second. So, you okay, so there's, it's, to, and I'm not a scientist. I didn't study crap. I'm just ignorant question yeah. here, but... There's specific detergents and soaps that break up dead skin that wouldn't break up brake dust? No, not necessarily. So I think um so yeah, let me let me get to the to the to the full answer. So in order to how do I put this? So there's a problem. You can add more detergent, right? To to try to clean better. But there, to to answer your question, yes, there are different like surfactants that are going to work better for different types of uh, elements to clean. Um, so you like when you're cl- when you're do- cleaning your clothes, you want like a gentler detergent, right? You, you make the detergent um, because it's going to the detergent gets left in the fabric, right? Um, and so it, if it's if it's too strong of a detergent, it can irritate people's skin or whatever. And so this is what was happening. So detailers would be using the microfiber towels, and then they would wash them, and then they'd use extra detergent to clean, to get the towels clean, right? Because you need extra detergent because the towels are extra dirty. And then the towels would stop absorbing. They wouldn't work on windows. Um, They were stiffening over time. And what's happening is that the detergent's getting left in the material and building up in the microfiber fabric over time and towels can actually lose their absorbency and so this is where people started um using like a uh, distilled white vinegar to um soften the 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 the, 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 with the acidity of it to neutralize the base of the detergent to clean out the fibers so um so that's why when we made, we wanted to make a really strong detergent that was crazy, super concentrated, so that you didn't have to uh, do a secondary rinse um, to rinse out all the extra detergents that's left over in the towel. So is it the detergent that makes the towel stiff, or is it more the drying process? Because it, do they go hand in hand, or can the detergent really make yeah, the towels yeah, so, deteriorate yeah, over so, time? Absolutely. So the drying process. So there's another part to it too, which we figured out trying to make micro restore was that in places with hard water so hard water is 
there's calcium and magnesium and hard water, and those elements can build up into the fibers and the pores of the microfiber over time too. So that's also what Micro Restore has that other detergents don't have, um, is it has water softeners in it. Gotcha. Super concentrated, it has water softeners, and then it doesn't have dyes or fragrances or anything, which a lot of detergents have that can build up in the towel. Some lots of them, lots of detergents have or used to have um, uh, fabric softeners because fabric softeners leave a coating on fabric. Um, so there's all these problems that people were having cleaning their microfiber towels, and so that's when we we went to a chemist and developed Micro Restore. So the main yeah so when we when our there was a customer that came to us with this problem right and then we went to a chemist and asked them why is this happening to the towels and we started to come up with the solution we started testing all these different you know formulations and you know i wasn't a believer either i was like man this is a gimmick it's just like but we went with it anyway, um, and the thing is, it just it just cleans better, right? So the feedback we're getting from customers and everything was like, wow, this is amazing. And so it that product kind of taught me a lesson um, in terms of you know testing with a bunch of different customers and gathering a bunch of different feedback because um, you know there were some customers that thought. It didn't make a difference, and then lots of other customers thought that it was just like night and day. And I think part of that has to do with the, you know, different chemicals that people are using or different. Yeah, I mean, I think there's all kinds of stuff, right? Whatever, right? There's so many, and there's just so many variables when it comes to detailing products, and um, so you really just have to test the product. Um, So why are there so many different microfiber towels? Right. I think we're used to, and especially I think lately, the market has exploded with so many variables. But DJ Ryder, I mean, for decades, at least 10, 15 years, we used the same 16 by 16 microfiber. Sam's Club, Costco, right? Is that what you're talking about? Or just the same towel? I wasn't going to throw that out to Ian, but geez. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just asking. Let's be real here. Yeah. So there is a reason for that, and the reason is is that there's so many different methods that detailers use, right? So there's to do one to, to to clean one thing or one problem, you know, ten different detailers will use ten different methods, right? Um, and then they're all using different chemicals. Different chemicals work different with different towels. Um, so I, that's a lot of the reason why there's so many different variations um, and then I think um, so yeah it can get complicated right so I've got some customers detailing customers that just buy one type of towel and they have six different colors right that they color code from and, and then there's other customers that I have that have you know a different type of towel for every different process um, so I think what it comes down to is there's a lot of different techniques and processes that people use. There's a lot of you throw on the whole other level of different chemicals guys are using, and then it just turns into all these different needs for towels, right? So it's a constant battle with my business, and it always has been 
to like keep the number because what happens is we'll come up with a towel and the customer will be, will be like, no, I want it in this color. I want it. This well, I know, color. isn't that the worst? No, I want it. Oh, that's you know, the worst. Why? Because you don't know what color is what. <laughs> no, because they want so many fucking colors. It's like, oh, I thought he just gave you a headache. Cause... All these, so the, and that's kind of the way I, I let, you know, I feel like I'm like a conduit, and my business is like a conduit between the detailer requests and the solving problems for detailers and then just coming up with solutions and working, you know, with all these different fabrics and materials and stuff and different types of material. Um, so because, man, I detailers are crazy, right? They're super detail-oriented and they, they're they all super creative and have great ideas. Um, and so we just have so many different variations of products colors, sizes, weights. Um, yeah. And yeah. Tons of different it's options. It's way more complicated. It's way more complicated than it used to be. That's for well, sure. A lot of service managers call detailers princesses. So I totally get that. Because they're all cute? N- no, no. Because <laughs> they're all fucking picky and they're like, oh, I got to have this and this and this. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So that that's, a that's a, no, that's a big inside the dealership world. I mean, that ain't fun. Like, hmm. you know, it's. Why they gotta have all these toys in fucking one towel or this or that? You know, that's the way it goes down around here. Hell yeah, my guy. Hell yeah, brother. All right, Grant. Yep, there's like the Grant's the been out a while. Grant's has been a while since he. Well, there's no, there's there's no, no yard more, to cut. Yeah. There's no more yard there's to no cut. More, and the filter's gone. Gramps has to do something different. Maybe you can well, watch football. Gramps came out, but. Nah, he needs to go back. Yeah. You didn't have a different one. No, but... I got some ideas for you. But Gramps himself, the filter's gone. They don't have it anymore. Oh, you're saying he's really gone? Yeah, he's really gone. Oh. I know. He needs to do a transition. (laughs) He needs to transition and uh, What do they got now? Uh, So, DJ, when you're drinking Estrella Jalesco, how'd I do? I don't think you did very well. You told me yesterday, you can't wait for me and my white boy voice to say Estrella Estrella Jalesco. That just hurts my ears. Did I not nail it? That, that time no, you did. I think it's Jalisco. Damn it. Yep. That was right. <laughs> Ian, you're my man, dude. This is, this is awesome. Hey, that's it's my three, Spanish. Uh, that's my three, Midwest uh, you Spanish. Roll, you roll two L's together, you roll them. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> you really messed up, man. You really messed up. But nice try, Marshall. My, my, nice try. Estrella means star in Spanish. Oh. I would, I would see, yeah, I can see that. What's Jalisco? Whoa, what? Jalisco. What's Jalisco? What's that? I'll, I'll take one of them Australia Jaliscas. What's that shit on top? Take that shit off. I don't want that shit. Just give me one of them Australia Jaliscas. Uh, it's a golden Mexican pilsner. It says that. Born in the birthplace of tequila. DJ. What's your favorite <laughs> karaoke song? I I don't have one. You should. And it should be. <laughs> you should. Your all-time favorite. If you ever get forced to do karaoke. Which I never would be in a position to do karaoke. You could. <laughs> You're still young. You're still young. Later in life, you might get forced into a moment. And you're strong. You're 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 in there. You can't go. You can't back out. Everybody's giving you a hard time. You can't do it. Peer pressure. You cave. You go for one song. One song only. Just say the word tequila. Okay. 
That's it. That's it. It's music, and then like four times in the entire song, they go tequila. Perfect. And then they just go da 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 tequila. Thanks for the tip, man. That's it. So all you request is the song tequila. That's that's what you have to do. That's that's it. All right. Yep. Noted. All right. So it was born in the birthplace of tequila. Oh, so Jal. Okay, Yalis. What? How do you say it? Don't even try. Jalisco. Hal. So J is an H. Jalisco. Yeah, yeah. Jalisco is a town in Mexico. It looks like. I know, right? Listen, Ian. I tried to tell you I don't read. I tried. Read it slower. So slow down, Marty. Try it again. I took eight years, eight, eight years of Spanish. You should be fluent. I should be, right? You should be fluent. There's a lot that I should be. Wow. <laughs> you should be And I very... still can't even pronounce the eight. The J? The J. You took eight years and you didn't know the J is mostly pronounced like an H. I know, right? Wow. Pretty bad. What did you do? Well, evidently not well. <laughs> I say, how did you say, what did you do? Your J sounds like a perfect H, so yeah, I can so tell. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, like I can understand a little bit of Spanish, but I can't speak or and I can read a little bit. But man, for eight years, I'm not good at it. So. Well, one. you know what they say. I do. I do. Yep. All right. So I I want to jump into topic number two. I think. Um, not knowing your full story, but kind of getting a brief little DJ just said, listen, we got to have Ian on. He's got a great story. So that is awesome. You know, just launched right out of the gate, straight out of college into starting your own business. So let's, let's go into help some young detailers. We've been on this little kick lately in some episodes on detailers year one to three, how to really get started, get moving, get growing. Um, so, what what do we need to do, right? What what's uh, what's one or two things that we can tell them if they they're, they're starting with their career, they open this business, they have these dreams. You know, we had DMs of, hey man, I had this idea, I want to do this, and like so. What what is? Let's start with you, DJ. What's one s- step? What's one thing that you think a detailer should do when they they have this idea, they want to grow a business? What's a very core basic thing that you think detailers should do? One thing. Just well, starting their business. Okay. And then we'll go to number two, but I was going to let everybody do, you know. Oh, one and then two. Okay, gotcha. If you had a second. Out of the tide into one. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so in the detailing industry specifically, uh, first thing you should do, not first thing, but one thing you should do to ensure success, I feel like, is to have like a core set of systems that manage and run your business in a sense. So because the thing is, is once you get busy and you're taking all these clients on, everything's just everywhere and you're just kind of running around. You don't, nothing's systematized. Nothing's in a certain place. You don't know where your client data is. I mean, just a, pretty much a, um, a hub where all of your information is stored, how you can communicate to your clients, how you can schedule your clients. That way, whenever you become busy and you become really big, everything is really systematized. I didn't have that when I first started, so every, I was writing people's names on a piece of paper, and I was going to – just nothing was in one place. So why, did, why was that bad? Well, because so when I – I had the same thing. I had this little notebook. Yeah, exactly. I a little right. schedule with a calendar, and I'd write somebody's so name. So hire your first team member, and then you got to teach them 
note the system that you don't have. So then you've got to start creating. You've got to have a system eventually. So now you're creating a system while you're in year, I don't know, let's call it two, three, and you've got a couple of team members under you, and it's just a, a shit show. And you don't look as professional. You're not. You're missing appointments. You're missing upselling opportunities. You're missing. If you got the Texas client, oh crap! You're running late to this client. How do you? I mean, just you're having to adjust and try to build a system around your business while you're like knee deep in it. Like you're all the way in opposed to when you first start, get all the kinks out, find a system that works for your business. That way when you, when you start growing, it's just smooth selling. When you said find a system, I mean, what even systems are you talking about? So a basic one would be like square, for instance, square is great. You've got, you know, automated text messages. You've got automated email notifications for, you know, you can set it one, two, four, five, seven days out where your client gets a notification. So once you set the appointment, it's done. You got all the information in one spot. They get text messages that are automated the day you book it, and like two days prior is what we do. Um, it has all their information on there. They can store their cards in there. You can invoice them on there. You can schedule multiple different schedules on one one calendar. Well, that sounds pretty fucking intense. It's not though. It's 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 intense. Yeah, but it's very easy to use once you learn how to use it. The setup is difficult, of course, to get it right. The setup is very difficult, but once you get it set up, it's, I mean, your business literally is running itself. All right. How do they set it up? I mean, so maybe somebody says, okay, I get it. How do they do that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I could help you set it up as one step, honestly. I'm working to, to do that for other detailers. Um, I mean, it depends on where your business is at, honestly. It really does. It depends on where your business is at, what you want out of your business. Okay, so just shoot you a DM. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Figure it out. They'll know soon because I'll be talking about it quite a bit. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. Cool. So I actually am building a, a course around Square for detailers because I feel like that's that's a a very basic uh, system that not basic but a complex system that's basic enough for detailers to use once it's set up, and you it'll literally help you run your business. And awesome. then it, it gets really you know in depth from there if you want people to get you know email marketing and. It just the list goes on so cool it's a start it's the best start i think in my opinion ian what about you yeah for like in a general sense for any business and something that's hard for me and i think hard for everyone but it's super important because a business can be completely overwhelming um and i get overwhelmed like all the time because there's all these different tasks and things I have to do and I'm always behind but just to try to you know in the moment you know try to just get one thing little thing done at a time working on your business right because you can you can work in your business right doing the work uh, but then you also have to focus on your business kind of like what DJ's talking about um, so like if you're setting up some sort of automation system you know with communication with your customers you know, automated emails or text messages or scheduling, right? You have to kind of step back, and it can become very overwhelming to try to figure out how to set up oh, definitely. a system like that. Um, but I think if you take, you know, even if you're just taking 15 minutes a day, you know, you know, trying to build that out, you know, after a month, you're going to learn a lot more and become better and have a better system set up than if you try to just, like, do it all in one day, right? So if you take 15 minutes over 30 days, that, you know, equals, you know, I don't know, five or six hours, maybe, I don't know, maybe even 10 hours, right? If you try to do all that 10 hours in one day, 
you're not going to be as successful if you try to chunk it out and hmm. kind of like work on your business a little bit, right? Because I think what happens to a lot of people, they just get stuck working in their business, you know, doing the work for that particular customer or that particular job, right? And they're not, you know, taking, stepping back and taking a wider view of how, you know, to, to develop their business from a higher level view, from a longer term perspective, right? Because what happens is like with a lot and developing processes and systems for your business, um, you know, you have to step back and, uh, and kind of think more generally and it's not easy to switch between those modes of thinking. So uh, that's something that I'm constantly struggling with, but the more I do it, the better I become. And a lot of that has to do with work, you know, it's so hard to hire your first employee um, and then hire multiple employees or, you know, having employees and having them leave and bringing somebody new in, right? And so just by going through that process multiple times, too, you begin to learn, you know, how to set up systems, right? Because you can set up a system for yourself, too, you know, for processes, but once you start to interface that system with another person that has different tendencies than you, you start to figure out, oh, wait a second, like the way I was doing it wasn't right or the way I was doing it isn't right for this person, right? So you have to constantly change and adjust. So the way I think about my business is it's one big science experiment, right? Like I'm doing all these little experiments all the time, getting feedback and trying to change for the better, right? So I'll come up with a hypothesis or a theory on how something's going to work. I'll go and test it. If it doesn't work, I'll go back and try to change something. So I'm going to, my answer is going to piggyback that, what you said there. Science experiment, yeah. test, fail, test, fail, figure it out, right? So my, my thing would be to say, hey, just go do, right? If you have an idea yep. of you think that maybe this might be, and that could be, hey, I should go, that would be cool to wash cars at that building. Or, hey, I wonder if I could clean cars at the airport. I wonder if I could, and you just fill in the blank. If you say, I wonder if I could, just go fucking try and do it. Don't worry about a system. Don't worry about a, well, could I this or that? Just go try. <laughs> That's your style, though. That's my point. That's what you Yeah, yeah. So... It's, I'm, I'm not that way. And I was going to ask a question. I know when DJ's born, Ian, when, are, when, what month were you born? Uh, September. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense. Are you going? I'm going really, yeah. Really? Going, yes. You, you know that Because tough? I've met now a couple others that are trying to confirm it. I've never really been on that whole birth when you, like what month, but I'm at, uh, what was that? The car wash show in Nashville. And it was Ubering down to eat Jack's barbecue, which then I ran into. Your finger's not face again. No, all four, but uh, I wasn't pointing. At least I wasn't pointing. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. (laughs) There's so many uh, fingers in my face. I met the auto wash. Ah. I met auto wash at Jack's barbecue. Okay. If you remember that story. So to get there to that, I Ubered. In that Uber, I sat down and the guy goes. When were you born? No. He goes, well, congratulations. You're in the Uber. We 
pride ourselves in karaoke and telling you your uh, Astro- or sign, your astrology, sign. Or yeah. And I'm like horoscope, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, but they don't call it horoscope; they call it something else. Um, either way, and and I go, well, I don't sing karaoke, and no thanks, I'm not interested. But he doesn't leave me alone. Of course not. Right? I tell him my birth month, April. He goes, oh, well, you're, uh, I think that's an Aries. He goes, and you're like a ram. You have an idea, and you just, I can plow through it as fast and hard as you can. And Marty's like, all right. Yeah, right. All right, so, uh, oh. Make this left up here, then circle back around. Tell me more. Yeah. Like, hold on. Wait, what would you say? Um, and, yeah, like, it, and the more people I've talked to, that if you're in April, you kind of have that mindset. Hmm. You don't think through things. You just go do. But he, he said, he goes, as you get older, you start realizing that maybe a little bit thinking before you just ram your head into something maybe if you go over this way it'll be a little easier right a little head into something is that what you're laughing at? i'm laughing i wasn't gonna say anything but it's, as you get older yeah, so there's two there's two types of thinking right there's there's thinking fast and there's thinking slow some people are better at just taking action and you know doing something right off the bat you know and then there's other people that you know more inclined to thinking in a slow, you know, method Methodic, methodical. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Just trying to think, you know, things through all the way. Um, but the problem is for both of those ways of thinking, like you're leaving yourself short if you can't switch between them. Right. So that, that's one thing that I've always, been, or I've been trying to get better at is switching between those modes. Right. So, because uh, I've suffered by, from paralysis by analysis many times. Exactly. Right? And that's that's and sort not, of my point. What is that? Exactly. And it's it's that you could, it, right? you could overthink things so much. Like, yeah. So when I've had different people that come in and try and work with our company, it didn't quite work for them because I'm so just at the, you know, what they call like Brett Favre, the great gunslinger. You know, that's... I go up to, you know, I'm in a sense, we get up to the line, go up to my day. And a lot of times you just, you figure stuff out as you go, instead of always knowing the exact thing that you're supposed to do. That's just not the way I operate. Hmm. I, so I tell people if you, well, I guess if you're born in April, you know, if you're an Aries, I don't know. I'm not an Aries. But I think so many people don't ever go with their idea and they never get to, to number to the 10th the part of their idea because they never got started with one mm. or they did one, but didn't meet the, it didn't hit a home run. And so they give up. Right. But either way, they probably don't push through enough. And so I don't care. And this is just, this is just matter of opinion. This is just the way different people operate. I don't think about, well, what do I need to have in process? I think of how do I get it done? Let me get it done. And then we'll figure out why it, or it didn't work. And then you get your analysis after you do it. Neither one's always Absolutely. right. Everybody's got their own thing. DJ's <laughs> like, that's a fucking headache. That sounds like a lot. He hates that, but that's just the way. Like, hey, we're gonna do this. Okay, we're gonna, gonna go fucking try it. Hold on, hold oh, on, hold on. <laughs> okay, we start a podcast. You know how much feedback, negative feedback, oh. we get from people oh. of saying, "Oh, the audio, this, the other." Like, we remember. Yeah, no it, kidding. Hey, we hated it. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. We lost episodes. Oh, we <laughs> but if, but people, people quit. People DJ did stuck, quit. We, like we stuck with, like, and eventually you can figure it out if you fail enough. You begin to learn. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And once you learn, and if you've got enough drive, doesn't matter what, 
right? We brought in systems, right? Because I'm yeah. Because DJ from no, like but DJ we wouldn't like, okay, we wouldn't we even got to yeah. that point had it not been for you to just let's just do it. Like, let's just do it. Well, we, we just gotta fucking. We do gotta it. get the right. Well, no, let's just do it. Like just do it. we have to do. Nope, let's just do it. Like. But right. then DJ came in afterwards, like after okay, a lot now, of thought process. <laughs> so yeah, now when we close this off, we all have assigned tasks and we all go do things. Right. You know, there is a process now, but I, I agree, Ian. Like, I think there can you can overanalyze things too much that never gets you rolling. Yeah. So for me, my encouragement would be, don't overthink things. Just go. You're young, especially if you're in your twenties. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you fail? You should fail. It's the only way you're going to learn to do better is to fail. So you're saying just do it? Just do it. That, that's why I wear Nike. Yeah, that's why you wear That's Nike. exactly why I wear a Nike hat every day. I'm like, that's why. I just do it. Yeah, so in my, in my office, I've got hundreds of boxes of failed products nice. that I've created, right? And ideas that I've gone down this path and it's failed. And a lot of times... So I keep, it's almost like a library of all these failed things. Lots of times I'll go back, you know, a year, two years later, and the failed experiment, like, is the spark for the new idea or Mm -hmm. new product, or I can repurpose it in a certain way. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, going out and trying different stuff. If you're not out there trying and failing, you're never going to come up with something new or innovative or solve a problem it's hard to solve a problem when you're uh, right just by thinking if you never tried it because you're analyzing it too much with systems (laughs) (laughs) hey all right let's move on to number two all right dj your second wait wait, wait. let me let me tell you about this book i know you don't read but other people out there might read or you can listen we listen we do do audible books yeah marty may be a slow reader but he's a fast listener Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. There's another book called The War of Art. Um, And it's it's about it's 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 about the the thought process of naming. It's about the it's about what? Sorry. It's about what, Ian? It's so yeah. It's what it's it's about resistance, right? So what happens is is lots of people have have these ideas, right? And then they talk themselves out of the idea or talk themselves down out of you know, what they're going to do, and it's it's resistance. So what the book talks about is how there's this force called resistance out in the world that's tr- always trying to, um, to talk you down from your idea or keep you from doing what you really want to do. And the book tries to train you that the great artists are the ones that go into the resistance. Mm. So when the resistance starts telling you, no, you shouldn't do this, that's a bad idea, you need to follow that path. Because, you know, most of the people, lots of other people may have had this idea or tried to do this thing. And, uh, Ian, you're back to my guy. You just spoke to me, right? Ian, like we had a moment here. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it, it's a great, it's an awesome book. Um, and the audiobook's awesome. It's, it's I, I forget, Pressfield, Stephen Pressfield, I think. Um, and he narrates the book too on Audible. Um, so if anyone's kind of having this issue of you know having great ideas but kind of being scared to take action on them or to implement them, um, it's a great motivating book. Sweet. To help you, uh, 
Let's put that. We'll make sure to try and put that in the uh, notes. I'll try and remember. Yeah. The art of war? No, war, war of, of art. art. No, yeah, yeah, war, war of, of art. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Because art of war is like a thousand-year-old book or whatever. By uh, it's about like war and strategy, but this is uh, the war of art, right? Because that's what you know, creative endeavors with artists. Uh, great artists are people who weren't scared to go out there and take a chance. Nice. All right, so DJ, number two, what's the second thing that detailers should do? Detailers should also know their numbers. Oh, like yeah. phone number? Nope, you should know your phone number. They're like social security numbers? You should definitely know that one. Oh. But you should know your numbers in your business, what it costs you to do business, You know how you get your profits, how much you're charging per hour, how much it costs you to do a vehicle. Because, again, once you get bigger and you're growing, you think everything's great, you're making money, and money's coming in, you're doing work, you're busy, the phone's ringing, but are you really making money? Are you really making good money or not? And if not, how can you? How, what expenses can you cut out? What expenses are you not putting in? So really knowing all of your numbers of your business, what it costs you to do business, that way you know if you have a six or profitable business or if it's just a hobby by accident. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, so I absolutely agree. So I think... You know, lots of people, when they think about numbers, too, they think on a shallow level in terms of, um, you know, even just thinking in terms of, uh, you know, expenses and revenue, right? You know, like, like, for example, people have a problem with advertising, right? Like advertising can be a big expense, right? And businesses and business owners can be worried, oh, I'm spending too much on advertising and I'm not spending enough. Well, you really shouldn't even be thinking about the, what you're spending. You need to think about ROI or return on investment, right? So, um, and that is the, the ratio between, you know, how much you spend on your investment and how much you get in return, right? So it's not just, you know, uh, expenses and revenues it's actual the return that this expense returns to you right so a number you should be thinking about is return on investment so if you're thinking about like google ads or facebook ads and thinking oh i can't spend a thousand dollars a month on this ad well if that ad's going to generate you know three thousand dollars in revenue right mm -hmm. um, and you you know your operating expenses are a thousand dollars you know and you're making a thousand dollars because of that thousand dollars you spent on ads you know maybe it's worth it um, so i think when you're thinking about numbers you have to think about the numbers in a more dynamic sense rather than the static number of you know how much you're spending or how much money it's bringing in Okay, so was that yours? That, it, know your numbers also? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, that's a hard one, yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, accounting, I hate accounting. And I don't know about you guys. It sounds like DJ might actually like it. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from failures, my man. <laughs> bookkeeping and accounting, like, it's the bane of my business, but it's super track like like you said keeping track of your numbers and paying attention um, and so keeping systems right like it for a long time I just ran my business based upon the feeling 
of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then once you really start to dig in and spend that time digging into the numbers, you realize, okay, wait a second, mm-hmm. this product or this service, I'm losing money on. Why yep. should I keep spending my time on that? There's other products or services that you can be doing that are going to be, you know, have a higher ROI. You know, so you need to spend your money on those activities uh, and your time, right? So, all right, cool. So, so I so let me let me just put this, it this way too, and I think you know my business is a little bit different than detailers because I'm selling products, right? But I'm coming to the point where I try to think of each product as almost like a separate business, right? And I think detailers can think of uh, their different services in a certain way, right? So, what is your uh, you know, your revenue and your expense for each separate service? You know your Right? What's the ROI for each service? Uh, how much time and effort are you putting into each different one? Right? And so maybe the ones that take a lot of extra time or you know products, you got to you know charge more or even not even offer anymore. Yeah. Uh, and the same same thing goes with customers too. Some customers like are just not worth your time and effort. Sometimes you have to fire a customer because they you know you're just wasting your time with them. Been yeah. there, done that for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So for me, uh, my second thing for detailers would be to, and it's funny, it's funny you mentioned earlier what your pastime was as a kid. So you saw in the text that I sent out. So my number two thing is to learn how to surf. <laughs> right? Funny. There you go, yeah. Right? So I don't necessarily yeah. in this point mean to go out on the water, but to yes. understand, <laughs> right, DJ, you made it to understand what surfers do. Surfers cannot start at a wave out in the middle of the ocean and ride it all the way in. You you find the right one, you ride that wave for a little bit, you paddle way back out, you ride it again, and you know, we've set out and watched surfers, because I just that's what I do if I go to the beach and there's somebody surfing, I love to just watch them. My daughters now live in Jacksonville, and so we were watching surfers there. They might stay up for 10 seconds. If they stayed up for 10 seconds, that was a long ride. Most of them were probably more like five seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah, makes it tough to only stay up for five seconds. DJ's dying laughing over there. Um, So, but what you have to do is ride a wave and then work. And ride a wave and work. And ride a wave. And you know what? While you're riding the wave, you're still working. And so my suggestion to detailers is... Don't think that just because you have a couple weeks out right now in the most frothiest economy that we've known, don't think that it's going to stay this way for years and decades and that your career is going to be built around the astronomical bubble that we're in right now. Ian, you've seen the way economy goes, so you can understand what I'm trying to say. You can't pattern your business off of just this one wave. You have to learn how to ride waves, grid it when you can, but understand that you have to have a core of what's your business. And so when that big wave crashes and you're done, you get your board back up and you paddle back out to try and find another big wave. And it goes back and forth. It's ebb and flow of economy. You can never just do the same thing over and over. Yeah, well, there's the seasonality too to the detailing business also is a big part of it not just a big cycle like the economic cycle but the you know yearly seasonality cycle so i have this this happens 
I get this question all the time, and you guys probably get this business this question from your friends. Like, how's business? Are you busy? Right? Isn't that so, the worst? Are you busy? I've now started saying no. Like, yeah, so, and they're yeah. like, wait, what? And I'm like, I don't want to be busy. Uh, yeah. I don't. You don't want to be busy. You want to be productive. Yeah. Well, so there's that too. But the way I answered, I'm always like, look, I'm always busy, and, and when the business is busy, I kind of let my foot off the gas a little bit. That's a good time to think about, you know, not the daily grind, and to think about, you know, on your business, not in your business. But then when the business starts to slow down, and the business is slower. I get more busy, right? Because now it's like, man, business is slowing down. I need to start hustling to, you know, to to make things work, right? So to me, I'm always busy. The business is busy, and if the business is less busy, you know, I have to be more busy. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the that's the wave that I ride too, and it drives me nuts. It might drive you guys nuts too. These guys that talk about, you know, you know working seven days a week, you know, 18-hour days and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, man, if you're working like that, you can never, like, you'll never make you're it. just going to be stuck in that rat yeah. race. You need to step away and go and sit at the beach and watch the surfers and create an analogy to your business, right? Like, if you're cross-pollinating ideas and sitting down, relaxing, having a beer, you're going to come up with a better idea. Hey, I like your style. Let's Coming up with ideas. Have a beer. Got a lot of ideas right All now. All right. All right, speaking of beer, thank you, Ian, for bringing that up. We need to rate this beer, DJ. We do. Yeah. Which one, the one I got to drink or the one I didn't get to drink? Uh, no, the, the only the, the one that you got to drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will rate this amazing 394 that I got to drink. Are you going to rate it a 39 or a 4? I'm going to rate it a 394. Ooh, point three nine four. <laughs> that's a good I rating. Think, I actually think I would agree with that rating. I think that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is a good beer, and I like the citrusy flavor to it. Are you going point three nine four? Not point, but I'm going three nine four. That's okay. what I said. You're <laughs> the one that said the point. Is it that gross? And it's because I'm point at you. Well, you're finger my face again. <laughs> but I'm gonna go three nine four. That's what I'm gonna go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Rate Miss. Mr. or Mrs. Is that a Mr. Australia? An A is Alaska. what, Marshall? Alaska? An A at the end Australia of the name is going to be an, a female or a male? Oh, that would be a female. Good job. And what would a male be? Oh. Uh, uh, was that an O? That was my O face. That's disgusting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on to uh, bigger and better things. <laughs> like this big 24-ounce can in front of me. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with a solid three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Is that, yeah, good? I mean, is that, is that okay with you, Marty? That's okay. With that, I mean, are you sure? Drinking lager. I mean, it's hard, you know, to get better than that. I think with that type of beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, think I think it's a great. Beer. I don't know what the weather's like out there. Cold and rainy. It fucking sucks, Ian. Yeah. Exactly. So, so the 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 know. blonde Christine from two t- two detail girls. Posted her name on Christine story or is it, yesterday. Her, her name's not I think. Christine, though, Marty. Yeah, it is. They're both called Christine. They're both named as Christine. Yes. Both their names you are not Christine. Pay attention to the podcast. I just think you. I kept thinking you kept calling her the other Christine the whole time. She's like, the dude, other Christine. Her name is really Christine. Yes. Though. Both. Na- both of them are Christine. Okay. Good to know. I thought you've been murdering it the whole time. No. Like, dude. No. Okay. Nailed it. Good for you. Um, she posted a video on her story of, uh, it's 
regular sunny and was it like 85 or something like we're there in california oh, this is the best day ever and i sent her thing like cool because it's 45 and rainy here so i hope you enjoy your sunny california yeah so i think the Estrella jalisco the score goes up the hotter it is that's like yep. a hot summer day beer yep. perfect yep yeah that's true i'm still giving it a three five though <laughs> No, I'm just give it a higher score. You don't know that. Middle of summer. All right, so did you rate? Uh, what are you rating, Ian? Who me? Mm-hmm. Ian? You know, these are two. So, man, it's hard for me to rate beers because it depends so much on my mood and the situation. And I've gone through such a cycle of liking different types of beers. So, I mean, years ago, I was super into. Belgian beers, and then I got super into IPA, mm-hmm. and now I'm cycling back to the roots of like kind of like lighter lagers. So that's why I like that Australia. I know a good light lager. You do? Yeah. Have you ever tried a? Um, you ever tried Coors? <laughs> He didn't say a good. He just said a light. A light, know, a light lager. It's what it is. I mean, I was, a. It's just. I was, uh. <laughs> just man, I was Coors Light all night long. Yeah, right? dude. So I feel I'm cycling back down. Don't do it. Whoa! <laughs> Not down. down. No, he hold on. Down. <laughs> I went caught. I, I think it's more like getting back to your roots. Like you've been there, what done happens? that. Yeah, Let me go back to what's happens. comfortable. What my roots. What really feels right. <laughs> You know, all the other, all the other stuff is great, but it's not sus- it's not sustainable. So I'm gonna go back to the roots where it's comfortable. That's I like funny. it, Ian. <laughs> all right, so Ian, I'm gonna send time. you some cores. <laughs> 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 Suddenly, it will show up returned, returned to sender. <laughs> Parcel rejected, <laughs> and I will drink it. <laughs> Gladly drink it. Thank you, sir. All right, Hope it the is time to tab purple. out. Uh, Ian, so uh, that is where you get a chance to ask a question of the day. Ask it to us, and then uh, we'll put it out there for detailers to answer also. So tab out question. You're sitting at the bar. DJ's half drunk, leaning over you, going, hey, what's going on? Because that's exactly what I do when I'm drunk at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) So I think my question is going to be, do uh, aliens exist? Have they visited Earth? Has anyone asked that one yet? No. No. Great question. <laughs> hmm. Have they visited planet Earth? Aliens. You want it? I don't want it. I'll take it. I'm going to go no. I'm conspiracy no. theorist that that's governmental mischief covering up a bunch of random shit that the government's doing. That's, gotcha. what, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think they do. I've got two sons. My one son is six. My older son is six years old. And so I've been teaching him that we're part alien. So that, uh, you know, I want him to think he's an alien. All right, cool. So, so yeah, I'm part alien. I'm visiting planet Earth here to deliver great microfiber products. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I definitely believe in, like, spirits and that type of stuff, but... I've just never gone into, and you know, I, I could I could definitely see 
right? If you look out at how vast the universe is, and we think that we're the only inhabitable planet in mm -mm. the entire universe. I don't believe that, no. Right? That There's no way. That's, that's pretty big statement mm -hmm. they were the only yeah, yeah. I, I think when i i think one of those things that really triggered for me was men in black now hmm. you might have seen that movie dj you know why because of will smith exactly he's right black, no right you're a racist i like will smith that. and he happens to be black happens to be black <laughs> thank god hey though. ian ask dj how many of his top <laughs> actors are all black Two of them. <laughs> Two of them are black. Houston's a Washington fan or what? Yeah. How'd you guess? How did you get? Did, you know why he guessed that? Because he knows the two, best actor in the world. There's only two black actors. There's only, there are two really <laughs> good black actors. There's plenty of other. Wesley Snipes? Geez, and Blade? He should have won like. Academy He's an amazing Wars actor. You're right. Yep. I mean, He's Blade a good one too. What happened to that guy? Is he still alive? I don't know. I don't know. Right now it's nighttime. You really can't see him if he was. <laughs> You're too bad. You're too <laughs> hey, only bad. I can say that. I'm but kidding. so at the end hey, of I am joking, Black, by the way. I'm not racist. Let me preface. That's totally. So at the end of Men in Black, it backs out into Earth. It backs out into our solar system, backs out into they're in this ball that's a marble <laughs> that then this alien yeah. is throwing and they're playing this game and another alien grab like. Yeah. Right? Do you remember that part? No. I don't. To me, that that fucked with me for some reason. That part of the movie fucked with me. I go, you're right. Like, we have no idea. No idea. What else, you know. So, do I think they're here? Eh, I'm still not there, but. Yeah, know. I mean, I don't think they're here, like, in half, not like men in black and half seen our planet. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if they exist or if they've been here or not, but I think it's an interesting question. I think it's a, a great tab-out question. Yeah. Because by this time, we're tipsy, and we can start talking about random shit. Like aliens. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Ian, so where do people find you on social? Um, you know, just my name, Ian Ramelkamp, on Facebook. You know, you can check out my business, Auto Fiber. We've got, we're on Instagram or Facebook. Can you spell your last name for people like me who doesn't don't know how to spell uh, and read? It's R A M. No, no, slower. <laughs> no, that's you, DJ. You should be able to get that. Uh, yeah, that was a little trying fast to, for I'm, me. You're but... trying to write, and I'm just trying. To, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to let him know. <laughs> hey, listen, man, we're from the Midwest, all right? You know. 110 letters per minute, right here. R A M M. Nailed it. Good job. Yeah, so it's a it's a long one. Um, when I was traveling, no, he didn't mind. Before I started my business, I went to travel around in Europe after college, and I learned that my uh, my last name meant something kind of funny in German. I was on a train, and these they, they were checking my passport. And the guys that were checking the passports on the plane, they just started laughing at each other and showing each other. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, what are you guys laughing at? They're like, your name, your name, it's so funny. It means something funny. And I was like, well, what does it mean? They're like, it means bunnies fucking on a hill. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. I knew that's why I started laughing. I was like, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> so he, and, I, and, I, 
There's a word for that? <laughs> so, so then I ended up, we, I forget where we were, but, you know. On a hill? Or, we ended up, yeah, yeah, bunnies fucking on a hill. So we, like, I think we were taking the train to Budapest or something. And we ended up. Hold on. Bunny, Your last right? name means bunnies fucking on a hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Right in, and so in Budapest, and there's this giant table, and we end up sitting next to these Germans. And I say, well, you guys, t- like, look at my passport and tell me <laughs> your name means something funny. And so I give it to them, and they all just start passing around laughing at me. Ah. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, well, what does it mean? And they said, it means bunnies fucking on a hill. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was true. <laughs> That's too much, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Good thing my last name's Hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that's too much. <laughs> Your last hey, name is like somebody's fucking on top of you. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, DJ, where do people find you? <laughs> Not on a hill. Please tell me your last name means bunny. Not reincarnated as a bunny. <laughs> I'm nowhere near you two. <laughs> we gotta look up Patterson in every language and see if it. Can now I know why he's your guy, because <laughs> you're the hill. And... Anywhere close. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why he's your guy. You are the hill. That makes sense. <laughs> Ian, if you ever give me bunnies, it's not gonna be funny. <laughs> oh man, ah, oh, that's too good. <laughs> That's probably one of the. <laughs> that's the best. I can't compose myself. My cheeks hurt. All right. Um. Wow. Where can they find me? Yeah. On November fifth, you guys can find me <laughs> at Gordon Beers Brewery, consuming. We'll be in Vegas. Consuming. It ain't happening, DJ. I'm telling you right now. A crazy amount of free beer from eight to ten. Uh, but if you want to find me on social media prior to then, so I can give you directions to the brewery, it's gonna be. <laughs> It's going to be at DJ Patterson on Instagram. Uh, if you follow the business, it's at EcoGreenMD, but you'll get more communication from me through the personal at DJ Patterson. That's awesome. Uh, you can find also at Pints Polishing Podcast. Um, and I, I, I think that the event next week is going to be great. You think? Super excited. You think? Um, yeah. I really do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Last year was a lot of fun. Yeah, actually, I've been, um, you know what? I should point that out. Yeah, so I'll be at that event, too. And, uh, you know, I'll have a booth at SEMA, too. So we're sweet. one two two two. Okay, the there you go. Eight. Cool. I didn't know you had yeah, a booth. Wanna, That's where they can really yeah, find you. Yeah. Bring Ian a bunny. <laughs> do not bring Ian <laughs> a bunny. No, please. Like a, li- no, like a, a little tiny bunny. Like a little small, stupid toy. But just bring him as many bunnies as possible. Totally see him. <laughs> and just set it on this booth. And like, I don't know. We're going to do we something funny. We need to have we, yeah. thousands of bunnies. That would be incredible. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, what'd you say your booth number is? Uh, one five two two two, in the kind of by registration in the west gate, so kind of next. It's the area next to the north hall. Okay. We're not we're not in the north hall with all the other detailing companies, but we're kind of next to it. So. Cool, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can find us not at a booth in SEMA. We'll, we'll be walking <laughs> booth to booth. Yeah, we will come see Ian at his booth. Yeah. Uh, but hang out of my booth, man. there we go. We will. Uh, but you can find us at Total Auto Solutions or at Pints Polishing Podcast. And uh, Ian, thank you so much for coming on. 
really appreciate the time and effort and everything that you have put in, man. There's a lot of fun on this episode, so thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, hopefully we can do it again, and I'll see you guys next week. Sounds right, good, man. See, see you then. Week. All right, cool. See you, man. Wait, when is SEMA? You were going to tell 4th me. through the 8th. That's what he said. November 4th through the 8th. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. That's a pretty important date. But yeah, I think you're right. SEMA, November 4th through the 8th. That's, that's when we're going to be there. Yeah. And... Tuesday is pint night. That's correct. Gordon Beers Brewery. Are you recording right now? Eight to ten o'clock on Tuesday of SEMA. That's... And they should register at SEMAPintNight.com. But I need the like DJ full on. You can't just come take SEMAPintNight.com. Can you do it? Not, you no. did it at the episode the other night. Doing an episode right now. Okay. Doing something else. Right, you're doing schedule, so you should like, you're ready to look at the <laughs> schedule and be like, SEMAPintNight.com! I can do it, but not right now. SEMAPintNight.com! Right you need a beer? You need a beer? I have a beer in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know where you